Hello and welcome to another episode of Virtual Legality. I'm your host, Richard Hogue, managing member of the Hogue Law Business Law Firm of Northville, Michigan. And today we have a fun episode of Virtual Legality for you, or at least I think it's fun, talking about terms of service and the surprises contained therein. Now, as a word of warning, a bit of a spoiler alert, I will tell you, as a lawyer who drafts these kinds of documents, I am liable to act as a wet blanket, throw a little bit of cold water on this story by the time the video is over. But before we get there, let's talk about some of the fun that a game by the name of Lost Ark is having, or more specifically, Amazon Games is having, but we'll get there in a moment. Now, if you aren't familiar with Lost Ark, I can't really blame you. It's a Korean action role-playing game MMO product that's been out for a few years. I believe it launched in 2019, but as of the past week, it has launched in the West and has proven to be one of the most popular launches ever. The IGN headline here is Lost Ark is one of Steam's biggest ever games, even before it goes free to play. So like many free to play games, it has a free to play launch, but it has a founder's package, whatever Lost Ark might have called it, that allows you to put in some money in advance, get a little bit of early access to the product. And so many people decided to do that, that it became one of Steam's biggest launches. Say what you will about Amazon games, but with New World and Lost Ark, they have launched some of the biggest MMO or MMO adjacent type games in history. And so they at least have what we can see is marketing power, even though I think New World is suffering a little bit from its ongoing evolution. Now, with that as your background, as I promised, we're going to be talking about Amazon even more than Lost Ark because it's part of the story. What is that story? Well, a tweet went out, I believe it was this morning, that said, hey, play Lost Ark. I love Lost Ark. Was just reading your terms of service. Just had a real quick question about section five. What? question mark. And this is from Milton T. Pike at Milton T. Pike one on Twitter. And he appears to be a Twitch partner. He's a streamer. He's got 50,000 followers. This became a pretty big deal. Got liked around. And because I do this here in virtual legality, got linked to me by a lot of people that follow us here on this channel. And so the reason they linked it is because it references things like aliens, robots, apes, other overlords. We'll get into the language in just a second. But I do want to clarify one thing that I think has been lost. This has been reported now in a couple of outlets this Saturday. And it looks like this was actually put forth on Twitter yesterday and not today. But this has been reported as the Lost Ark Terms and Conditions in the places that I've seen. If you, however, go to the Lost Ark Terms of Service, as I mentioned, Amazon Games, you can see their little smiley face here in the corner, is in charge of the Western publishing and distribution of this game. It actually links you to not a Lost Ark Terms of Use or Terms of Service, but an Amazon Games terms of use. And if you follow that link to the Amazon games terms of use, you'll see a couple of things. One, you'll see that this relates to all Amazon games terms of use. Two, you'll see that this was updated July 20th, 2021. So I've labeled this Lost Ark's terms of service surprise, but this is actually New World's terms of service surprise or any other game that Amazon has released under these terms of use. And that's presuming that they weren't otherwise changed uh, before then, right? That there wasn't some other kind of surprise catch-all in the games that they might have released or otherwise shared with folks before then, that this provision might have survived even those kinds of transitions. And what is that provision? Well, as we can see, in these Amazon games terms of use, which would presumably apply to most of the things that Amazon puts out there, to enter into this agreement and use the games, you must be a live human. Now, before we get into the lawyers here having a little fun, 
This is a normal-ish kind of provision. It's labeled authority, and it says you must be a live human. An authority provision can have a number of different purposes. In a commercial contract that would otherwise be negotiated, you might say, hey, you are attesting to the fact that you have the authority to sign on behalf of your corporation, right? Corporations are legal fictions. They don't actually exist. You need a person that has been vested with authority by that corporation to enter into the agreement. And so you have a term like this that says, yes, I have that authority. That isn't really as big of a problem for somebody that's going to play an Amazon game, going to play Lost Ark, going to play New World, whatever it might be. So this already kind of sticks out as you don't necessarily need an authority provision in an end user license agreement, terms of service, terms of use, whatever this winds up being called in this context. Of course, you can have whatever the lawyer's deign is important to them, but you can see at least some usefulness for this provision just in the earliest notion. To enter in this agreement, you must be a live human. We don't want bots. We don't want people controlling multiple uh, uses of the particular game that we're looking at here because of reasons, right? You can get into trouble with economies. You can get into other issues Amazon doesn't want you to have. So this is actually a live legal obligation. You must be a live human. You can't be a bot. They say, for example, e.g., not a corporation or organization. So you can't enter into this agreement under the guise of a different entity. Even if you were a single member LLC and it's very similar to you, Amazon says you have to sign as a person, not as a corporation or organization. That's what they want you to get out of this. Now, they then go off on a tangent, which is what people wound up sending this to me for, which is you can't be a corporation, you can't be an organization, and you can't be an artificial intelligence, good or evil, extraterrestrial, sentient non-human primate, etc. However, this restriction will not apply in the event of the occurrence of a widespread extraterrestrial robot simian or similar takeover of planet Earth, in which case we welcome our alien robot ape or other overlords as applicable. Such party, their eminences, to play our games and their eminences will be subject to the terms of this agreement. Mutatis mutandis, we'll get there in a second, <laughs> commencing on the date of the takeover and continuing for all periods thereafter until such date as human governance is restored. Now, pretending for a moment that this were a real legal term that was included here, there are some issues with what was described, right? A similar takeover of planet Earth is not actually a great way to describe a robot, simian, or extraterrestrial takeover. What does that mean? I believe it means non-human here. They could define this if they deign to do so. They don't. And then they say they will welcome their eminences and they'll be subject to the terms of this agreement, mutatis mutandis, which is legal term of art, meaning as if they were the original signatories thereto in the same manner as the original signatories thereto, right? They will step into the feet of the humans that would have otherwise entered into this agreement. They say that's commencing on the date of the takeover and continuing for all periods thereafter until such date as human governance is restored. But as we've seen from our post-apocalyptic science fiction and in other media, that's going to be a very, very contentious date to even establish. When might human governance be restored? Is it when there's a last city? Is it a dying light situation? Is it a destiny kind of situation? Or do you have to have complete control over the earth and all its environs? See, this is the kind of thing that the lawyers just really aren't thinking about when they draft this stuff. Also, what is a takeover? What does that mean? If you take over a nation, is that a takeover? It says widespread. What's widespread? Is that half the nations on earth? Is that three quarters of the nations on earth? Is it one nation on earth? Obviously, this legal phraseology has all sorts of problems baked within it. And I'd like to see some defined terms for takeover and restoration of human governance. How can this even be allowed? Continuing, 
provided further that in the event the takeover necessitates the forced migration of the human species to Mars or other celestial body where the games are not operable at this time, we will use commercially reasonable efforts to A, expand the location where the games are available and waive applicable restrictions under Section 5.2, which is a real restriction here. Due to technical and other restrictions, the games may be available in certain locations. We may use technologies to verify your geographic location and restrict access to the games from others' locations. This is talking about VPNs. We might not have made this available in certain countries or places, and you can't violate those and still get access to our games. They reference that here saying, hey, if an alien takeover moves us to a different body outside of Earth, then we'll waive this restriction and we'll take commercially reasonable steps to get you access to the game. And B, will enable local game servers on Mars or on Ceres or whatever asteroid you find yourself on as promptly as reasonably practicable. Now, backing up and putting on my lawyer hat just a second, this is a term that isn't terribly strong. If you see reasonably practicable in other scenarios, you have to understand that that isn't as fast as possible. That is essentially what works for Amazon, not necessarily what works for you. And certainly they use this kind of phraseology in other places that are more important than this fun romp through extraterrestrial invasion land. Subject in each case to the availability of necessary interplanetary logistics, utilities, sustainable life support, asteroid deflection systems, local stores or distribution services, and rule of law, as may be provided by our affiliates, our third-party providers, celestial beings, or government or non-governmental organizations. So even in drafting this ridiculous provision, Amazon's lawyers are still acting like Amazon's lawyers and saying, well, we'll enable it as soon as reasonably practicable, and it's subject to all this other stuff, which may or may not be provided by third parties. So we're not actually obligated under this at all. Now, obviously, I'm analyzing this as I do here in virtual legality for humor's sake to just to point out that these are definitely lawyers writing these things. You don't usually see mutatis mutandis pop up randomly uh, in these phrases. The lawyers are having fun. It's kind of a check to see if you're reading. Obviously, someone was. It gets reported on in places like Twitter, covered in places like virtual legality. Everybody has a laugh. And this isn't the first time that we have seen this happen. Very recently, only a couple of years ago at this point, we saw NBC's Peacock service, which I don't know, does anybody subscribe to Peacock? If you subscribe to Peacock, leave a comment below. I'm really interested in if anybody actually uses this service. And they put up front, welcome to the Peacock Terms of Use. Very friendly for a Terms of Use document. Here you'll find answers to your burning legal questions about our service and plus a hidden cake recipe. We know you can't wait to get started, so without further ado, take it away, legal peacocks. You don't usually get bold and italicized commentary within your legal document, and I'll, I'll talk about why uh, in just a second, why I want to throw a little bit of cold water on all of this, but you scroll down here, you get important information about your subscription fees, etc., etc. You continue down, and then at the bottom of third-party authentication, they say, at Peacock, we don't make promises we can't keep, so please see below for this very delicious Peacock-approved, just like Grandma used to make, chocolate cake recipe. And it gives you all this stuff, tells you how to make the cake. Enjoy. While we wish you could share a slice with us, feel free to share this recipe. And now back to your regularly scheduled legal document. And here you see why some of these companies do this kind of thing, right? It's partly to be hip. It's partly to say, hey, we're cool. We know EULAs are lame, uh, but also share this. Tag us in a tweet. Tell folks about this because we're so hip and cool and it gets the Peacock name out there. Very similarly, it gets the Amazon Games name out there. It gets the Lost Ark name out there. I'm talking to you about a game that you might not have been familiar with before I have this little commentary. And I think it's fun. Don't get me wrong. I, I'm a lawyer, but I'm also a person. I think this is amusing. I see why it gets passed around. 
but now I have to deliver that cold water. Now I have to be that wet blanket, right? The Peacock terms of use, the Amazon terms of use, these are real things. These have provisions in them that are important. They tell you what you can do with your account. They tell you what you can't do with your account. They talk to you about the rights that you have or don't have in this particular application. They talk about the fact that any dispute or claim arising from a related disagreement is subject to a class action waiver, a disclaimer of warranties, a limitation of liabilities, everything contained in a completely separate document, which we'll look at in just a second. So this to me, and again, I know I'm a lawyer. You can leave in the comments how much of a wet blanket I am. But this to me is the kind of thing where you really shouldn't mess around, right? How many videos here in virtual legality are talking about the fact that video game companies love that you're marketing them on Twitch, love that you're streaming them on Facebook, wherever else you might find yourself. Milton T. Pike One here on Twitter is a Twitch partner, presumably invested in showing off a game like Lost Ark or New World or other things that Amazon makes. But in all of this, and through his help in marketing and putting forth this section 5.1, they ignore the very real fact that their documents don't otherwise act clearly to even give the right to market in that fashion, right? The license for an Amazon game, as put forth in the conditions of use, is limited, non-exclusive, non-transferable, non-sub-licensable license to access and make personal and non-commercial use of the Amazon services and does not include... As an example, any derivative use of the service or its contents and all rights not expressly granted are reserved to Amazon and or the company that makes this kind of stuff. Now, Lost Ark and the folks that make it, Smilegate, and I think the developer there that I don't recall the name of, so I apologize for that, can do other things with their terms of service. But right now, in accordance with their actual website, all of this applies. Now, you do have a creator program guidelines concept, right? We can look at that. We can see that these guidelines have the type of thing that happens when you want actual folks to market for you, but they remain guidelines, right? Thank you for showing interest and desire to create Lost Art content. We value the work that content creators do for the community. This program offers creators potential access to special benefits, but it doesn't fundamentally change your content usage. Right? Lost Ark strives to empower positive members. That's why you and your content must meet our code of conduct, but it doesn't otherwise change what's in the Amazon terms of service. So this is all fun and games, but as a lawyer, I look at this and I say, it kind of obscures the fact that what you're getting, what you're not getting out of these very real legal documents is actually setting the guidelines for how you can use these things, right? They pointed out this in that document we were just reading, but Amazon takes a very broad disclaimer of warranties. All information, content, materials, products, and other services are made available to you on an as-is, as-available basis. Amazon makes no representations or warranties of any kind. Amazon disclaims all warranties. Amazon will not be liable for any damages of any kind arising from the use of any Amazon service. And this document, that's all that I've highlighted here, but it includes tons of language that talks about the rights and obligations that you have. So Mars attacks. It's fun. I like this stuff. I like cake recipes. I get it. But to me, a legal document like this that is setting restrictions, that is hanging a sword of Damocles over the people that are otherwise marketing their game for them and controlling what that relationship looks like in a way that can be very untoward, as we have analyzed against a number of companies here in virtual legality, is not the place for it. Have fun with your marketing. Have fun with the way that you make commercials for Lost Ark or that you communicate with folks. 
but don't do it in a document that actually restricts their rights, sets obligations for you and them, and honestly actually has a real legal term and obligation here at the top. You must be a live human is an actual thing. And whether or not that would get enforced in this context, I have my doubts, I have questions about, but this first part actually reads as a legal obligation that you can't enter into it as a corporate form. You can't do these various other things and then has a bunch of BS to make you laugh. There's nothing wrong with laughing, but maybe, maybe legal documentation isn't the entirely right place for it. Now, as I promised, look, I know that's me being a wet blanket. I know that's me pouring cold water on something that people enjoy and they like, and it's funny and it's getting shared around in places. I think that's great. Honestly, I don't think it's likely to change much of anything with the way that Amazon operates or the way that you operate as a Twitch streamer or otherwise, but I'd prefer if we kept those two worlds a little bit more separate. This has been Virtual Legality for today. If you enjoy looking at these kinds of concepts, terms of service, business, and law about the things that you love, video games, pop culture, and more, please consider supporting the channel. We've got a Patreon. We've got other ways to support us. Also, I'm appearing weekly now on the Seasoned Gaming Bitcast. That link will be in the description as well. Sundays at 11 a.m., please do check that out or otherwise just subscribe and tell your friends that we're having these conversations. Every little bit that that subscriber count goes up for YouTube, helps YouTube find us, helps YouTube send us along in various other places. And I couldn't be more happy with the growth that the channel's experienced so far. And clearly YouTube is noting that as well. So thank you already for the help that you've provided. If you keep sharing us around, putting us on Reddit, putting us in other places, that continues to help us grow. If you caught this on YouTube, thank you so much for watching. And if you listen to it as a podcast, thank you so much for listening. And I will catch you on the very next episode of Virtual Legality. Virtual Legality is a YouTube video series with audio podcast versions presented as commentary and for education and entertainment purposes only. It does not constitute legal advice and does not create an attorney-client relationship. If you have legal questions about the topics discussed, please consult your own legal counsel.